0: Irish Illustrated Insider is sponsored by VisitSouthBend.com. Is it time to check a Notre Dame home game off your bucket list? Has it been too long since you've soaked in the game day atmosphere in person? Whether it's for the first time ever or in a while, start planning your trip to South Bend to watch the Fighting Irish with ideas and inspiration at VisitSouthBend.com.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley. We are a couple days removed from Notre Dame. Uh, essentially, ending their quest for a New Year Six bowl with a 31 to 23 loss at Clemson. Uh, not outside of Notre Dame leading for three uh, early on with the three points. They they trailed for the last 52 minutes or so. Uh, did nothing offensively down the stretch when they had a shot, uh, you know. And then Tim Clemson, Clemson gives him an opportunity uh, with the fumble by Maffa. But of course, even then, I I know, I know our reaction. Even then, it's like, okay, well, that's that's not going to lead to Notre Dame marching down the field and scoring a touchdown. But just a a real lackluster performance by the offense. The defense struggled in the first half, put it together, and gave the offense a chance. But with the game plan that they put put forth there uh, down the stretch, there was no way they were going to march the the, the length of the field and and uh, have a shot at tying it with a two-point conversion
2: no which is a very sad commentary because that was an opportunity it was right you were there that was not a terribly difficult drive to somehow uh, with sam hartman after this after the season we watched right i mean i, I didn't think they're going to score of course i did not think they're going to score but that's the commentary none of us thought they were going to score and they were given yet another chance to score i thought john bryce made a really good point i think it was on instant analysis when he said they had a lot of pos- they had ample possessions. They didn't have ample opportunity because they never put themselves in position. All those I know that I know their field position was awful, but you know what that means: mount one drive of your four chances, not over four. You can bad field position does stop you from making four touchdown drives. I get that.
1: Right, twenty-four snaps, sixty yards in the last six drives, three first downs, never entered Clemson territory. That's the
2: thing. Never enter Clemson territory. And also, Tim, the last 14 snaps were called pass plays. Sam Hartman ran for 15 yards on a total scramble. That was not a run, designed run. After Jordan Faison had the six yard jet sweep, that boy, I thought he was about to break free from that guy, too. And that would have been an electric moment because you never know what's going to happen in the open field with that lacrosse player walk on that's Notre Dame's best player right now. But they had 37 yards on the final 14 snaps, all called pass plays. A turnover, which was a pick, and two punts. That is possessions, if not opportunity, to come back with while trailing by one score. The whole time. I mean, I feel like I feel like I didn't notice that live. Like, how do they didn't even consider using estimate in that situation, other than the four-yard dump offs that weren't working.
1: No, and. So they, they threw 14 passes down the stretch. So that meant that in the first three quarters, Hartman threw 16, 16 times. Yeah.
2: They, they threw 13 failed. and Hartman ran once, but Hartman dropped back to pass was flushed and ran. And that was their biggest play. 15 yards was his, his scramble.
1: Um, so I don't know how they were ever going to, you know, you know how many, um uh, double digit scoring drives. Opponents have had double digit play scoring drives at, uh, opponents have had against Clemson this Clemson. year. It, it's it's been it's been eleven, but the game plan was like Notre Dame was going to string together twelve plays, seventy five yards, fourteen plays, eighty two yards. It was it wasn't going to happen, and and I just it was inexplicable from the very beginning. I thought I I don't even in retrospect, Tim, I'm not even sure why I was reacting as quickly as I was reacting to it, but.
2: Yeah, well, the first drive. You you felt it on the first drive. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. You did, you like, a shot. I agree. <laughs> but let's let it play out. <laughs> Too bad yeah. you were right.
1: <laughs> and I realized you know, you don't you don't have the wideouts now to consistently keep going to them, but there has to be something on your menu of plays to loosen things up yes. a little bit. Yeah, this it yeah, Clemson has a great defense. It's giving up like twenty-two points a game. So people have scored against them, they haven't had to just play it close to the vest and hope that something's popped in the running game. Uh, but that's how I felt R- right from the very beginning. I felt like that's the direction it was headed. And I didn't realize just how much it was headed in.
2: Just how right <laughs> you were. Like, I, I think for a jacket, for everybody listening, it was kind of funny. It was the first drive and estimate just had two really good runs. Right. And then like the next three plays kind of failed and you're like, what is going on? I'm like I don't know. They're just gonna have to feel good. <laughs> <But laughs> as it turns out, you're totally right because it was the most. <laughs> it was the most rhythm they had. And honestly, on my first watch back for this podcast, so not for X things to say. My first watch back, I don't mind coming in with Price because Estimate ran twice. He, that's you, you sub out your running yep. back right there. That's yep. fine. That that's what I want is Jadarian Price coming in there. But you also feel like, all right, here's your play action shot, and then I think, well, who do they take a shot to? And in my mind, I go, you know who they take a shot to? Jordan Faison comes into the slot and you take a shot at Jordan Faison. Because then you still should feel confident in your running game to go ahead and give it to Price on second and 10 and third and six or third and four. Like, I I I hate questioning play calling after the fact, but you feel that you felt that rhythm, like, all right, keep them off balance, go get take a shot here. Let's keep them moving. It was just one of those games where I think people questioning everything is not as far off as usual just felt like there are chances right there to take a seven nothing lead
1: well you you have to you have to distribute the football through the air a little bit just to keep the running game fresh
2: and then my biggest concern uh my my biggest complaint was so on second down you go to a horizontal pass like attack them that you know you gotta gotta attack them a little bit a horizontal pass is still just a run it's still just being as careful as you can be
1: and they have and they have they have a secondary littered with freshmen because they're so banged up back there.
2: They might not know who Faison is still. It'd be more perfect.
1: They don't, but we know who, <laughs> we know we know the two uh, backup freshman cornerbacks because they played pretty well. Yeah, they did. They ended up playing pretty well against Nordine. I don't, you know, it, I like one of the questions was, well, "Where do they go from here?" Well, you you know you you get healed up a little bit more, and you beat the next two teams that you should beat. And then you go to a bowl game and you win, and you finish with ten wins, and it's yeah. not satisfying. You continue to look back at at the Louisville game. You continue to look back at how you approached the Clemson game, but you pick up the pieces and you you go and win. We had a question. We're not going to use it because you know why it was inserted there. Like, give me a reason <laughs> as to why I should watch the rest. You of got the it week. in. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, don't don't watch. Don't don't watch. I mean, I get I get the frustration. But by all means, please don't watch if it's that painful. It's painful to me, too, but I'm going to watch because it's Notre football and this is what we do. But no, we're not going to give you reasons as to why you should watch. They're 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 in a they're in a tough stretch here again. They've lost three of the last six. So they're in a tough. Stretch. Yeah,
2: yeah, that that is a that's a thing. Yeah. Um... And I, I saw some questions on the board that I was going to try to work into Monday Musings, but what's the least satisfying season you can remember? And you have to have high expectations to have an unsatisfying season like, like like we had here. And I always say Brady Quinn's last year that 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 2016 was so far away from that 2005 team in ability and in fun. They were farther away in fun, but they're really not there in ability. Yeah. Yet. I, and this is becoming frustrating, which is sad because probably after the duke game you could think man this is an enjoyable season to watch despite that one lost ohio state it has just really taken a bad turn it's we we talked about this we all expected knowing to beat clemson but you saw there's you saw ways clemson could win i saw ways that things could happen and first of all those things happen with a muff punt and the interception touchdown that was just the interception
1: you lost you lost the turnover battle you uh Red zone, you had an advantage there based upon previous statistics. You gave them two touchdowns and three opportunities. They had struggled in that area. Uh, They they
2: just played so poorly throughout. They lost the first quarter, the second quarter by knockout, and the fourth quarter. You can't play Clemson like four and four Clemson like that. And I know uh, part of it goes back to losing to Louisville, is why you can't lose to Clemson. That is, but that's how a season goes. You get 12 opportunities, as Marcus Freeman says, and you blew three of them.
1: Yeah, and our—I our, mean, let's let's be real here because I know a lot of people are like, "Well, this should have been a playoff year."
2: I—I
1: I, never—I didn't feel that way. I, I felt I like it was
2: a major six bull year, though. I felt a major exactly, bowl year. no, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I didn't yeah. think they were going to make the playoffs yeah. because the because the the big three that you were playing and the the level of ability of the other ACC teams that we pointed out beginning last April that it was going to be a better group, and Louisville ended up being the one that. That popped up there in there and 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 beat them. But I do. I I just want to throw this out. Wake Forest defense is going to give Notre Dame trouble if they don't make some changes. They're going to give them some trouble if they don't make some changes. And we'll talk about potential changes as we get in. Well,
2: actually, let's step on one more question because I like how you, I like okay. how you brought that up. I want to do that now because it was a question That's I really cool. wanted to include. All right, I am going to actually give them credit for it too. We're going to. Oh, no, John. when John Bryce said it, John Bryce said um, on overtime, they are playing with such a 0% margin for error right now. I feel like that is a major issue with this form of offense, and I want to flip it over to you guys. Clemson was killing Notre Dame in the second quarter, and they play offense with a 0% margin for error too. And that's why Notre Dame had so many chances to come back and and tie that game. I shouldn't say win; they weren't weren't there, but so many chances to come back in that game. If you don't have a way of scoring quickly more than once a game, you are playing with a very slim margin of error in modern college football, because being, what does being up 21 to 10 mean? If all of a sudden you can't get out of your own end, doesn't mean yeah. much. It 21 twenty one seventeen or twenty one thirteen really fast. They and Tim, if you're saying that with Wake Forest, how many times have I said on this podcast Duke is going to be happy to go into the fourth quarter close to Notre Dame? Clemson's yeah. going to be happy to go in the fourth quarter close to Notre Dame. Even Louisville, I was wrong about that. They wouldn't have been happy. They were killing Notre Dame in the fourth quarter.
1: But I, I, I haven't. I obviously I haven't had the opportunity to really study Wake Forest yet. But I know that they're a lot better defensively than they've been. And I know that they've risen up a couple times, and it's like, huh. Now it was a seventeen to twelve game against Clemson. Clemson struggling offensively. I get that, but okay. What you know, Notre Dame could. Why wouldn't that happen to Notre Dame under the circumstances?
2: No, it's it. It's we've uh, they probably did deserve this need this buy, is weirdest place by of all time i don't i don't know what the stadium is going to be like tim i mean who's going to plug in that thing when that game starts don't even wait yeah i
1: don't know uh there's going to be some some giveaways hopefully the weather holds out by then but that's almost 2 weeks away from now and it could be could be bad
2: some good things um pass defense was phenomenal uh, except for cuz I, I went through it i gave it an a minus cuz you know what clemson had five gains of over 10 yards between 10 and 18 yards which pretty much is how it should happen in modern college football. You should be able to throw the ball a couple times for that many yards. And by the way, Notre Dame's pass defense scored a touchdown. They put the ball at the two-yard line for Roderick Guestamay. Like,
1: yes, no doubt. I mean, so uh, the, uh, Morrison,
2: one-on-one almost the whole second half. That's how Notre Dame was able to stop that running game because they're like, all right, let's take your chance at Ben Morrison. We're going here. Xavier Watts. I don't care how the ball finds him. It's amazing <laughs> the year he's had.
1: No, that's, you know, we could, we could joke about that early on, but I mean, that is a, that's a guy being in the right place at the right time. And that's part of, that's part of being a good safety. Um, Heck yeah. You know, Javante that,
2: Jean-Baptiste turned it up in the second half, right? I forgot about him a little bit in my notebook. I thought he played better later.
1: Um, he did. Oh, you know, I, I said some stuff about Mills at, about how he played in the first half. Right. You know, once I had a chance to study the tape, him and Cross ended up playing pretty well. They got gashed a little bit. Early on, yeah, uh, I, I do, I'm not changing my tune. The Vipers were not good. The Vipers were yeah. not good at all.
2: Now they had a rough day, and, and they actually the a the 21. Year, game, yeah,
1: yeah, the worst game for Burnham that I think that we've seen, and I and you know he he plays in a, a splash here or there, but I didn't think that he was very effective. To Alamaca, I don't think has progressed as as a defensive end, and Batello just Batello just gets swept away like a. You know, like a landslide sometimes and gets swept inside. And the 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 route by DJ Brown on that blitz. Oh man. Was just uh like when you slow it down and you see where is DJ Brown in relation to Maffa turning it upfield, he's he's got plenty of time to narrow that gap. And then he ends up not being within four yards of Maffa when Maffa runs by him.
2: I think the worst thing about that touchdown when it happened live. Was I whined about DJ Brown immediately on that, and you whined about Botello immediately? I'm Again, like, oh, well, that's a bad sign. <laughs> You're like, oh, Botello. my like,
1: oh, god <laughs> Well, I'm I'm usually <laughs> looking for to see if Botello Botello, you know, holds the edge if they come that way, and immediately he did he did not. So I didn't see D.J. DJ Brock. Very
2: unfortunate. Both right in the situation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Other, you know, I mean, other guys. Kaiser played played very well. Kaiser was outstanding, especially in the second half. I mean, he was a leading tackler, and he was around the ball another half dozen times. I mean. He was yeah. really, really good in the second half.
2: He also, um, and this is underrated because the next play was a film off a 41-yard touchdown run, but he saved the touchdown on the punt return with his diving tackle on that part. That was, that was Kaiser saving a touchdown, which went for not because they scored on the very next play. Um, yeah. But it was still, I mean, you, you make the play to make the play, right? One play, one life. That was the one play. That was pretty nice.
1: Yeah, the guys that, uh, again, the, the dipping into my tail of the tape today, the guys on that punt return that, that, that J.B. emphasized that set up the 41-yard run, missed tackle by Cam Hart, missed, uh, missed tackle by, I don't know, missed tackle, but didn't make the play, J.D. Bertrand, and then Maris Leofile. I don't remember exactly how it happened, but the three three of the most veteran players on the team, which leads into also the narrative that I was emphasizing after the game. Your better players, your older players, your established players didn't play well.
2: No, I agree. And we actually had a qu- we had so many good qu- questions that this is another one we're not using, but uh I thought it was a great question. What does that come down to when your established players don't play well? Is that is that coaching preparation? Because I feel like everybody has to emphasize like this is a terrible play called the double safety blitz. This was a terrible play called the horizontal pass as opposed to were they prepared to play their best? Well,
1: like, when you- so many so many veteran players did not that has to, I've told you, I've told you about that championship game with eight errors in it. Whose fault is that? The it's head. You've you, you taken credit.
2: You've taken the when play. I, yep.
1: when, when your best players don't play well. I mean, unless you, unless you got a bunch of. Uh, I'm not going to use the word. Uh, no, when they don't. play Well, <laughs> I'm glad like, you didn't. Whatever it was going to be. I could go you, that might way. Know, yeah. you might know what it is. One that I like to use, but anyway. Um, no, it was uh, so. Therefore, you can only conclude that they weren't prepared to play well. Chris Tyree, for whatever reason, wasn't prepared to play his best. He's he, he's been I don't want to really shitty bring. Yeah, he's been so good uh, and so consistent for for them. And then you know those those sinking those sinking punts. It's a difficult decision. Do you run up and try to catch it? Or do you back away from it? I mean, some yeah, of them they had did things.
2: they they didn't have phase on up on that one. They must not have. He was in on two different punt returns. I don't recall him being there though.
1: Yeah, I That's don't remember it on that play.
2: That's ill timed because <laughs> that would have <laughs> been standing right there. <laughs> Catch the ball.
1: Yeah. You um,
2: yeah. So for one more, like shout out to how this game went. Second half, I have the defense with one bad possession. It was an eleven play, seventy five yard touchdown drive, obviously, and six. Wins, six wins. So three and out, three and out, three and out, five and out, five and out, five and out. And the results of the punts, the results of their five punts. I wrote down this and and the yardage doesn't matter, but I think I have it memorized. Punt pins Notre Dame inside 10. Punt pins Notre Dame inside 10. Punt pins Notre Dame at 14. Punt pins Notre Dame at six yard line. Punt pins Notre Dame at seven yard line. So Clemson's punter is the winner of the punting. And Brace McPherson averaged 50 yards a punt.
1: Well, fortunately, I wrote that today too. Fortunately, McPherson had a good day because he yeah. he gained him, you know, a little oh, bit yeah. of that yardage back. You know, the eleven play, seventy four yard drive. You know, I know they only gave up two touchdown drives defensively, but boy, that one was poorly timed because that came right after the that came right after the Watts interception. That you cut it to eight, and you think you've got momentum.
2: It's actually surprising to me that it happened too after the watch. No, no,
1: no. That one was really disappointing, and that was the one where four straight plays of double digit yardage. And and Morrison gave up a third
2: of all people. Morrison gave up a third and eight, third and seven inside the fifteen yard line, and a catch to the six. I was just like, "Oh, that coverage just looked like straight out of the old days. Really too soft." And it was
1: (laughs) my analysis of Morrison, who you know, you want to talk about. High expectations. You always have yeah. really high expectations. I thought his performance was pretty mixed. Three passes
2: he, defended. A pass interference gave up that play. I mean, yeah, one of his passes had, turns into a pick. That's like a nice play had, he,
1: I, I I know there was one play that should have been pass interference on him, and they didn't call it. And I think there was another play that I thought ah that could have gone against him. So I thought it was mixed for him. But you know, Bo Collins is six three two ten, and that was a that was a challenge. But it's not like. <laughs> It's not like he had that uh, BMO hasn't faced, you know, some right. really great wide receivers early in the year. But, you know, we're nitpicking there because thank God for Benjamin Morrison, because yeah. where would you be otherwise?
2: Here is not a nitpick. Uh, flipping it to the defense in the second half. They obviously had they have one good drive, four plays, 74 yards. That's the Rico Flores, 35 yarder, Sam Hartman, 26 uh, yard touchdown scramble. I'm not saying the one play two yard touchdown drive is credit to the offense. I'm sorry that's they, no. they scored because they're supposed to um second half three plays two yards punt, three plays minus four yards punt, three plays three yards punt four plays twenty three yards punt five plays sixteen yards bad interception, and then I started walking downstairs for their last bad possession.
1: <laughs> I fortunately made it to the field for most of those bad possessions <laughs> so I didn't have to hurry but uh you know I mean some other assessments. I did not think that Holden Stays played well as the lead wide receiver in in many respects. I thought, you know, the the pick six was a terrible decision by Hartman because he telegraphed it all the way and Trotter read it the whole way. But as a as a receiver, Stays has to have a feel for the fact that Trotter's jumping that and he knows it. They're they're connected to it, and his his outcut was so soft as it was soft on the near pick six by number 36 along the Notre Dame sideline in the fourth right, quarter. Right.
2: That that was, I wrote, I was writing down bad interception as that was happening. Yeah, that yeah. was so bad. Yeah. Um, And I was nitpicking stays to think that this, I thought was going to be the big problem. Remember when they drew up that play to get third and four, a little dump to stays and they kind of missed the block. And that's why it didn't develop easily. Yeah. You got to break that tackle, man. He's got chasing you. Gotta gotta guy him. Him. You can't do anything about getting away that from was, that tackle. That for was a run.
1: number that was a freshman number thirty six that made an arm tackle on him. And then the the thirty five yard uh, the Flores one where where Stazes is is in between the defender that is imminent danger and Flores. So he know he knows he's in between it, and he bypasses that that block and goes up ahead to where. Tyree is blocking somebody else or is, yeah, is trying to block somebody else and stays actually lays a block on Tyree. So that was, so I didn't think it was a really great performance on his part, but I mean, we could go through, we could go through so many veterans that didn't play well. They weren't prepared to play. And that comes down to coaching. The biggest game, let's go, let's let's get it
2: off. You have
1: everything on the line here and they didn't, the older guys didn't, play well that's coaching that absolutely is whatever you did i mean it might even be an intangible thing that you can't even put your finger on that's not the point the point is your veterans have to be ready to play to a high level i don't know maybe the offense saw the offensive game plan and said and kind of threw their hands up in the air and said well this isn't well, this the is offensive line probably. should
2: still block yeah, I <laughs> if it's all I on you you might as well block
1: i know i know i know all right we've got uh we got more than we can address in, in segments. We do have more than we can address. We do. We do. You've heard us talk about Home Field Apparel since the start of the season. There are a lot of collegiate apparel brands out there, but we wanted to partner with Homefield because their designs are the best out there. Some of Ivers Illustrated's favorites are the Sam Hartman Victory March T, the Script T, and the Retro Long Sleeve. Be sure to go to homefieldapparel.com, filter by Notre Dame, and see what we're talking about. There's also currently an exclusive football bundle, which includes a baseball tee, sweats, a hoodie, and more. It's the perfect gift for a fellow Irish fan, or a perfect gift to treat yourself for being a lo- loyal Notre Dame fan. And our listeners get an exclusive deal using promo code Irish Illustrated. Irish Illustrated gets you 15% off your first order. We know you're all wearing Notre Dame gear, so if you're in need of a refresh, we really think you should check out Home Field Apparel. Their designs are super unique. And a lot of thought goes into each concept. There's really nothing else on the market like what Homefield is doing. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com. And again, use code Irish Illustrated for 15% off your first order. We'll be back in a bit with segment two, Burning Up the Boards.
0: If you're coming to a game this season, you have to check out Game Day Your Way, the official tailgate service provider of Notre Dame. Game Day Your Way offers everything you need, including tailgate gear, catering, and even beverage delivery right to your spot. And their Irish Express transportation from Chicago allows you to tailgate while you travel to their all-inclusive party zone in South Bend. Let Game Day deal with all the hassle so you can focus on the fun. For tailgates, tickets, transportation, and more, visit gamedayyourway.com. Some things are just made for each other, like tailgates and touchdowns. We're adding one more pair to the list, Aer Lingus and college football. Join us in Dublin this August for the Aer Lingus College Football Classic. Too soon? Plan your winter or spring break now with non-stop flights from cities including Chicago... Boston, Los Angeles, and New York. Fly in comfort to Dublin, our European hub. Go coast to coast and discover the sights of Ireland or explore any of the 50 plus European cities we connect to, including Amsterdam, London, Paris, and Rome. Visit Aerlingus.com to book today.
2: Welcome back to segment two, Burning Up the Boards. We have a long question here from ND Yenzer, but one that we talked about in the press box at the time. Notre Dame just kicked a field goal to make the game 10 6, Clemson in the first quarter. And then proceeded to play an entire drive with Christian Gray, Jaden Mickey, and Clarence Lewis as part of their starting secondary, which in turn gave up a touchdown, making it a two-possession game again, and getting beat multiple times on that drive. The defense had played 15 snaps at that point. Why do Morrison Harper Hart really need to rotate out that bad and all at the same time?
1: Yeah, and I and this isn't a second guess because Tim, you and I have talked about this all the time, and 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 I I understand the need to get more players in it's 2023 man the game is different than it used to be played you've got to play a lot of defensive players but do you have to substitute an entire cornerback crew cornerback nickelback crew at, at the same time can't you can't you put them in individually so you can maintain your veteran leadership in the secondary on the field at that time I I I agree with it you have to play these guys today the season is too long contact is is too violent over the course of game after game after game. You got to play these guys. My only, my thing was and we've talked about it is don't substitute them all together. You don't I know it's apples and oranges, but when you substitute in basketball, you don't take all five guys off the court. You put in a guy or two. Sometimes you do, of course, right? But I I just think that that is one way to mitigate that that here it goes feeling like everything is rolling against you because you don't have a veteran back there that you count on 90% of the time.
2: Yeah. And I know this is a different stage of the season and Mickey and gray have improved and probably earned this time. Cause remember Mickey had a pick six last week against a terrible Pitt team. Christian gray had the interception of the year last week against Pitt, but that's the games. You get the rotations a little bit more because remember the Ohio state game, they did not sit Cam Hart or Benjamin Morrison at all. Cause they knew they couldn't do it. Yeah, much, much well, different receiving he, core over at Ohio State. I'm I'm cool with that. The real killer for me is once they get down a first and goal. You still keeping Clarence Lewis in for Thomas I
1: Harper? I don't. I, I I don't get that. And and again, to be fair, when you, at the time of the game, the score of the game, the location of the football, you pointed out Gray and Mickey were on the field right away. Yeah, and I think Lewis came in a little bit later in the series, maybe. Uh, maybe they might not even had been in nickel before that. I don't know, but it, it, what, what, this isn't a second guess. This is something that we are looking at, looking for, and they went, how, what'd they go? Nine plays, yeah. 11 plays.
2: I mean, it was, such, it was such a big deal. It was actually slated to be my first question in the press box, in the press conference, and then other things that were much, 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 much worse happened. <laughs> so I didn't go with a defensive question. I went with the offense because quite obviously – that was the problem more than the one series on defense. And look, Gray and Mickey came off big plays, big games. But as you said, you don't, they don't need all need to be in. They don't need to rotate in together.
1: Yeah. And, I, you know, know, it's a
2: 70 degree, beautiful day at Clemson. It's a low possession game because what they're not going to throw the ball much. Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart can probably play one last point and I am not, I'm not trying to give excuses here. I was given one more reason. They're both coming off soft tissue injuries the previous week, Hart and Morrison. Still, obviously they could play.
1: Yeah. Um uh, let's move on, Tim, to FJ Cat. Two report card coaching grades of F this season. Curious as to the current average grade if it's at season's in, if at season ends it's not at least a B. Is it time to clean house?
2: You know I what don't... the problem with the report card grades are this year? Well the two F's are the problem. But there's A's. They're getting A's in other games like Pittsburgh and USC. How are you getting A's be bookended by the two F's? There were two A's, Tim. Bookended by two F's. That's not how a season's supposed to go, right?
1: No, it should it should not. I, you F know, Louisville,
2: A A F.
1: Look, it, it happens. That you know, I did the grades for a long time. Happy to pass those on to you. Uh that that kind of stuff happened with Brian Kelly. You know, you're I mean, in the coaching staff, you're gonna have but it this this up and down, this there's and again, you know, I say I'm gonna say roller coaster. That happened to Brian Kelly too. But this just seems a little bit more extreme that you go from from playing so well to then having a whole bunch of veteran players not playing good football.
2: Well, that was kind of my preseason point. You go from playing so well against North Carolina, where that coaching staff certainly you gave an A, and BYU, where they certainly got a B plus or an A minus, and then to Stanford where they certainly got an F. Right. Yeah. And then to Syracuse or not, not Syracuse after UNLV, they certainly got an A for going out and beating Syracuse. And then they got an A plus for doing it to Clemson. And then by the time you're at USC, you're giving the whole defense an F. It's just like, it was very strange. It's a strange. You'd think there'd be some more B pluses in there, wins and losses, right?
1: And and this is always like, well, you know, where did that performance come from? And we always say, well, that's, that's football. That's college football. I guess this is kind of in that same, probably true. Same kind of category question from wash and D we know. The issues with Jared Parker, but should we be more concerned with Marcus Freeman's offensive philosophy that seems to be stuck in the late 90s, early 2000s? Unless he changes how he thinks about offense, a coordinator change might not make enough of a difference to make Notre Dame a competent offense against good defenses.
2: It is fair to ask, because I don't think this is, I think this is a very possible thing, but it's fair to ask about Marcus Freeman's offensive philosophy is that when he took the job in 2022, And he looked at his roster with Michael Mayer and good running backs and a good veteran offensive line and bad wide receivers. And people hate it when we say they're bad wide receivers preseason because everybody loves fancy wide receivers that don't get open. Um, Is his offensive philosophy because he inherited a team where his offensive philosophy had to be what it is? And then his second year was the exact same composition of his roster.
1: Well, because he because they haven't. I mean, they they haven't advanced where they are. They really haven't advanced themselves at the wide receiver positions.
2: No, they're yeah. trying to. Like, Great House and Flores uh, should be pretty good players because they play Well, a lot they should, too, and but...
1: you like the group that's coming in next year, definitely. But those are freshmen, and then as soon as they get here, you realize that, you know, how difficult it is for a freshman to be up to speed right from the beginning. But, um, I, um you know, I do think that Marcus Freeman's kind of an old soul when it comes to football philosophy.
2: I agree. I just wonder if he had – um Boykin, Fink, Claypool, Stefferson, and Will Fuller, if he'd have been, we're going to be a run-first team. That,
1: Yeah, offensive you know? and defensive line-driven. That,
2: whole, Yeah, I think everybody know.
1: Everybody wants to be strong in the trenches, of course, but you don't get a lot of people that, in this day and age, you don't get a lot of coaches saying offensive and defensive line-driven programs. You're, right. you know, you have skill position athletes and you're putting the ball in the air. But defensive yeah,
2: line-driven has to
1: be a thing. Defensive line-driven and, and corner, be. and corner, yeah. yeah. Those have to be givens if you're going to be great on defense all the time. Certainly.
2: Next question is from Golden Domer Seven. <laughs> After seeing how Sam Hartman's time at Notre Dame has been below expectations, are you concerned that it will negatively impact Notre Dame's ability to acquire top transfer quarterbacks on the market in the years to come? After this year, it seems like Notre Dame as a transfer QB destination is a tougher sales pitch than this
1: time last year. Do you agree? Um. I mean, you only need one. You don't have to, it's not like you have to convince, you know, four guys. You don't, you, you need one. And I, and I think we kind of feel like once they get past 2024, they will look to, um, with from within to get their quarterback, but yes, that's, that's they've not, recruited
2: their future quarterbacks. They hope in yeah, C.J. Yeah. tonight.
1: Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, this, <laughs> this past game certainly doesn't hurt. I don't know that. I don't know that transfers study individually games at a time the way we do.
2: I was just going to say, Tim, here's what I do if I'm trying to attract a quarterback at season's end. Okay. Come join Notre Dame, the 15th ranked scoring offense of the country at 36.8 points per game.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That is what I say. I don't say that those points came against Navy, Tennessee state, central Michigan, and the like, I just point out.
1: Yeah, but it's, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a good question because it, it, it could be. I mean, if you're a quarterback and you saw Saturday's game and you were thinking about Notre Dame, I don't know.
2: You know. would have to bet on a bye week, though. I think we're overestimating what these quarterbacks in college are thinking, watching Notre Dame right now. Like, No, I, I agree. I like yeah. the question. I don't think it actually applies to the real world of scouting quarterbacks to come to Notre Dame because Notre Dame will put together a wonderful clip of all their best offensive stuff underneath with Sam Hartman being a quarterback and show Steve Angeli rolling out and throwing left, too. And say, look at this. We do this for a, you. Could put together an offensive highlight reel that they're going to watch. I don't. And yeah, it'll look good.
1: Yeah, and they're not. You know, like we're inundated with Notre Dame thought every day of our lives. Every time we turn our laptop on, those quarterbacks aren't aren't experiencing that. You know, and so Can they I don't... say
2: this out loud. How many players don't know who's returning on their own team? Like you know the the famous transfer linebacker story of the year. He shows up for winter conditioning. And there's three graduate students standing there, Jack Kaiser, J.D. Bertrand, Maris Leofile. And he thought they were leaving because they were seniors. Like,
1: Remind me again. Remind me again who that was. Prince Collie. It was Prince Colley.
2: And did not know those guys were coming back. It's the same thing. I, I don't remember who it was. He said next year, Notre Dame loses both of their running backs. And I remember thinking to myself, they're both juniors. This is like six years ago. And I'm like, they're both juniors. They're not both leaving. It's like, someone just told you that. This is, we know what the roster could look, look like. People don't, other people don't know. Yeah,
1: they don't. We had a, I had a, I attached a question to Golden Domer 7. And I didn't per, put the person's name in as I frequently uh, failed to do. But it was, Sam Hartman does not resemble the quarterback he was at Wake Forest for five years. Is it fair to say Marcus Freeman and Jared Parker broke him?
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I, don't think,
1: I think that's a little extreme. But I do think that. While I ask a question, go ahead.
2: (laughs) No, I don't think it's fair to say they broke him, Um, and I don't want to start piling on the wide receivers here. But we do know that the wide receivers are not as good as they were at Wake Forest, and Sam Hartman knew that in short order that they were not as good as they were at Wake Forest. Yeah, what I find strange,
1: I had that in my uh, my snap judgments afterwards. It's like, well, what? Like they were surprised that Sam Hartman realized that. Well, he was he was throwing the football with them. You know, in January, February, March, and yeah, he's going to realize that. Damn, these guys. I think my Wake Forest quarterbacks were better. They were better than these. They were guys.
2: better. Chauncey Stucky. Chauncey Stucky is going to defend his wide receivers publicly. Chauncey Stuckey knew he inherited a poor wide receiver core at Notre Dame.
1: And Wake Forest receivers are still better than Notre Dame's. And Notre yeah. so, Dame in a couple weeks.
2: Here's the question: Is Parker using Hartman? to maximize his abilities and I can't tell because it seemed like he was early and isn't now and I don't know why there's such a stark difference but I do know he had nothing to do with that interception touchdown Sam Hartman threw that kind of ruined that game And I don't think he had a lot to do with Sam Hartman's awful day at Louisville but I don't think he's helping him when you have Clemson on their heels on the first drive and you don't take a shot and you go yeah. horizontally either. It's, it's always more than one thing, but there's, there's some player to blame here too, on the throws and on the decisions. There
1: is. And I, you know, I wrote about this today. I I don't think Sam Hartman is a very focused football player right now. I don't think that he has been for a few weeks. I think, you know, when you, when you throw two picks against Pittsburgh in the first quarter, one, you didn't get help from your freshman receiver but the other one you try to throw through three guys and it doesn't even get past the first defender
2: um yeah when they said the linebacker made a great play post game I'm like yeah but if he wasn't standing there the guy behind it would have made an easy play exactly so that, was, that was the situation
1: no i don't you know i just i do wonder if i mean i think maybe and i don't want to speculate too much about this i i barely know sam hartman i mean i know i i barely know sam hartman but i kind of sense that I, that I don't think that he's in a real good space emotionally, mentally in recent weeks. That, I think I mean,
2: there's a, yeah, there's a good question here to, to, to take it away from the player and ask what could, what ideally like uh, playing armchair quarterback can Parker do to help Sam Hartman be a better quarterback right now. Cause the word <laughs> play calling doesn't work. That's that doesn't work as being a better, making you a better quarterback. That's, I mean, it would help if everything worked, but
1: yeah, like the,
2: the, the, the horizontal pass I keep complaining about on the first drive was an absolutely terrible pass three yards behind Chris Tyree. That was not Jared Parker. Holden stays missed his block too. And is why Tyree lost three yards immediately. He, not that he didn't miss his block. He went to the wrong assignment and double teamed with Rico Flores. Like, I don't like the horizontal call there. I, I would hit something deep because try to hit something deep at some point. Cause you have Sam Hartman, but the play was poorly executed by the quarterback and the blocking tight end. I bet you nobody was upset when they saw four wide receivers standing in one spot over there thinking it wasn't creative. And then they lost three yards on the play somehow and it became uncreative.
1: Well, if, if he's broken, I mean, based upon the Sam Hartman we saw after the game, he may be, he may be broken. Well,
2: I think he did what he had to do, even though that was my question and he answered it 0%. (laughs) Um, I was asking a question about what the defense did to make it difficult in the second half, and he just said, put everything on me. It's all my fault. Blame me on Twitter. He had a bad game, um, and I think that's probably the way to go about it when you're Sam Hartman at this point, and Notre Dame fans are upset because their season, they lost their playoffs four games ago in their major six bowl on that Saturday.
1: He does seem a little detached to me. In and in, look, what I is had that? not noticed that, but I it?
2: noticed that. Uh, I just noticed he's not playing. I mean, he, it's weird that he, okay, here's, let's put it this way. He has thrown nine interceptions, no, seven interceptions in his last four games after throwing zero.
1: Yes. And I, and I don't, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt there's frustration with, with the game plan on a weekly basis. Sure.
2: That's, that's fair to say for him too. Yeah.
1: I mean, considering what he can, you know, we can talk about the slow mash and, and, and some of that and being under center and having to learn that and that, that kind of stuff. But it's just, if you were Sam Hartman coming from that offense, where you threw the football down the field, the way they did. And now here you are, this is what the, this is yeah. what he came over here for to, to give
2: credit to his, his spiel there at the end. He, I will. I, he did get specific and say, I missed an open Rico Flores. I have to see him. I missed, he didn't throw the ball to Flores on that one. I missed jaden Greathouse open for a touchdown like that he he was taking personal accountability like I, I think it was he kind of said i'm going to make a statement here so i kind of blacked out on the whole thing but he it's it's good of him to say i did not see rico flores open like i think because fans are always wondering was somebody open where's other people open downfield and he, he even pointed out he's like I, I missed a guy that was open and he doesn't mean misses in a bad throw we can all agree that make you miss a bad throw it's okay you got to see people at this point if you're seeing yeah. a
1: no, I, I, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that he fell on the sword for, mm-hmm. for Notre Dame in the offense Saturday. And I'm, you know, I, but he has not, he hasn't been as accurate. We keep pointing back to central Michigan. I, I you know, I think his footwork at times is a little sloppy. I think he throws off his back foot sometimes when he shouldn't be. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that the, the menu that is given to him on a weekly basis at this stage of the season is very attractive to Sam Hartman. That's probably true.
2: This is a related question from ProDuck Seven. You think it's ProDuck Seven? Is that how I say it right?
1: I'm not sure, Tim.
2: I don't. I'm not sure either. He needs to change his handle. Everybody is talking about it, so I figured I'd ask the question. Should we start Steve Angeli against Wake Forest? And he says I don't think they should.
1: Okay, we've got a lot of people that that want this, and I understand why you do, but you have to. You have to put yourself in the Nordame locker room and the Nordame coaching staff and and realize what that decision would do to your entire football team. How do you think J d. Bertrand and Maris Leafow and Jack Kaiser and Howard Cross and Riley Mills would think what how do you how do you think they would react to finding out that the coaches just turned the page on us? And they're they're going to play the backup quarterback with no experience, you know, whatsoever or hardly at all.
2: I don't think they're going to do it. I know they're not going to do it. I don't think they should do it. And I know most people agree with us that they absolutely should not do it. That have ever been around a football team. Also, I don't think they need to take a look at Steve Angeli for next season as a starting quarterback because I think they have made that determination.
1: Well, they're looking for a transfer quarterback, so. Uh, so
2: let's say Steve Angeli starts next year. Let's let's flip ahead. Say Steve Angeli starts next year. And Notre Dame is seven and three, and he throws seven picks in a four game span. You have CJ Carr, and you know you want CJ Carr to start next year. I still don't know if you go to CJ Carr at that point <laughs> because you might lose the football team at seven and three. But then there's an argument for going to CJ Carr at that point because you do believe he could be your best quarterback. There is not a player or coach that believes Notre Dame's backup quarterbacks are better than Sam Hartman right now
1: now and and head coaches can't throw opportunities to win away you you can't do that there's a I, you know i i realize there's a large segment that it's like oh ten 10 and 3 that who cares it's it's not good enough but that's where you are right now you you need to win two regular season games that you can win and then go win a bowl game to finish 10 and 3 that's the goal that's why you play to win games you can't I I just think it would it would it would put such a negative tone on the on the team. Now Hartman Hartman could choose not to play in the bowl game.
2: Well, then Angela gets more practice time. Then, Steve, so. yeah, yeah, anyway. then,
1: Angeli, then then that's what you do. Then, but
2: Tyler Buckner did it last year. He won after Drew Pine, but went pro in, or wherever he went. In
1: the re- I, in the real world of college football coaching, you're not going to do this. You're you're not going to. Besides. Norton paid a lot of money for Sam Hartman. They haven't gotten all their money's worth out of him yet. I I you know I get the sentiment. <laughs> They're
2: not going that, to either too. It
1: was portal, <laughs> you know, I get I would get the sentiment even more, but you don't they, you don't teams don't do this. They don't do it. I'm sure if you can somebody can cite an example of them doing it, but if teams don't do this and coaches don't do this, there's a reason for that. And that is because the games that are played are important and Notre Dame needs to win three more games to finish 10 and three. And they need to do that. They need to do everything they can to do that.
2: EWS 8337. What position groups have shown improvement throughout the season? Kicker. <laughs> yes, you're right. Hey, all right. I would say throughout the season, let's let's go this way. I know I just railed on the backup tight ends, but Mitchell Evans is the starting tight end is about as improved as a human being gets. Yep. So tight end was pretty improved. He just happened to get hurt. Um, well, cornerback, safety, and linebacker and defensive tackle. <laughs> They're all good. They not are. defensive end necessarily, maybe not defensive end. I mean, JJB has been wonderful, but I'm not also, sure you're safe. You, defensive you end is improved, has it? I mean
1: safety because Xavier Watts is gonna be an all-American.
2: Right. And quarterback because Benjamin Morrison usually plays like one and their backups had picks last week. It's a pretty yeah. good day for those guys. And Cam,
1: and Cam Hart's had a good year too. So the
2: linebackers uh, are been quite good this year.
1: Yeah. I think the linebackers they are better than they were last year. Uh, yeah, Well, yeah. Leah falls butter. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think the linebackers have convinced uh, convinced a lot of people that were not high on the linebackers going into the season. But Leifau, you know, has Leifau leveled off a little bit, Tim?
2: Since I saw something very strange in my email today, I just gave away the answer pretty easily here. But they announced the semifinalists for the high school and college Buckus Award today, and a Notre Dame linebacker is on there, and it's not J.D. Bertrand.
1: It's Leifau. Yeah,
2: I don't think he's going to win. Is my prediction after the uh, seven and three (laughs) Irish? Jeremiah Trotter's on there too just let it point that
1: out oh um, that that that, i i admire him so much that is a that is a top-notch football player man
2: yeah he's he's a dude so a lot of things i think a lot of positions have thrown improvement i would not say running back um because i thought we'd get more they've been they've just been exactly what we thought they'd be right i i I mean if you look at total production audric estimate has taken it but it's not bad when your lead running back is as good as Audric Estime either.
1: No, well, and everybody. I mean, you feel good about Price and Love moving forward. Yeah, so that means it, that they've had it, successful.
2: That's like a quality successful stuff. But I guess Love was Love was transitioning to making more plays, and then he stopped. So maybe that is not fair to say they totally improved. Wide receivers and no quarterbacks and no offensive right. lines are I mean, and. I
1: Riley Riley Mills' improvement since the beginning of the season has yeah, been
2: defensive tackles. Like, yes. No.
1: Uh, Rubio, man, I don't know why Rubio didn't play a little bit more the other day, but again, my, uh, Mills over the course of, over the course of 60 minutes, him and him and cross end up playing pretty darn well, uh, again, like they have been, uh, but good question. Kicker, man. That was kick, the guy that we know. Like, I was getting, yes, I was getting, um, when, when Schrader missed the, his one miss against Duke. I got multiple texts saying they gotta change kickers. And it's like, no, no, they well,
2: don't. You don't here's the thing. You don't know the difference between Schrader and the backup kickers. Like yeah. we found out. We and that's not our that is not our analysis. That is someone saying, No, 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 no. That's not a thing. Now the we backup Schrader- Yokum can kick off. That that he does well. Yeah.
1: yeah. We knew Schrader was a good kicker. He just he just he missed a couple early on. It, it wasn't
2: did you know he has a big leg, Tim? Have you have you noticed that from any broadcast? I've
1: heard that. I've heard announcers say that. Did you did you hear what uh, Sean McDonough said? Oh, what is it? on his first field goal from forty three yards. I oh, know.
2: I didn't hear it. What did he say? Yeah, I
1: think that I think that one made it all the way to Greenville. Oh, nice. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, there's my big complaint. When they, so I, I complained about the play calling a little bit, like in the in retrospect, you and I watched it, and you're like, I think they got the look they wanted on third and ten, and the handoff to Payne. And my response was, I think Clemson wanted them to get the the look they wanted, so they would hand off to Payne. You don't need to hand off to Payne there because Spencer Schrader's ripping that forty-eight yarder, whether you gain a yard or not. Yeah, that's why I wanted to take. I want. That's when you have to trust Sam Hartman. You have. You're in field goal range. Spencer Schrader can hit that when closes his eyes. In terms of his mechanics and distance, he might miss the kick, but it's no. It has nothing to do with the distance.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you again from our from our vantage point, which is a very. I guess I didn't remember it being that that unique of a vantage point eight years ago. I think we were a little bit further down to our right, were we not? Yeah, we were. But um once they got past the the opposite 50, the the angle was was really bad. I know we're always complaining about our vantage point from the ninth floor in Notre Dame. And this was this, this was, was a lot lower. Oh, I like yeah, this. Yeah, it was low. a lot yeah. lower, but uh well the best was uh, Dublin.
2: Yes. Now the night floor, of Notre Dame, you can see absolutely everything. But we are a country mile away. I mean there. that. Yeah, we're way up there. This but, this felt like you were in. Well, you were in the middle of it because we were in the student section. By the way, Jack, I don't know if you <laughs> The open air press box in the student section is where we sit.
1: Man, that you probably didn't do this, but when you got down, to, when I got down to the field, I turned back to the stands and looked to the very top of the second deck. Oh my God. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how those people see anything on the field.
2: It'd be like if there was a floor nine and a half in Notre Dame's press box, it'd be about that high.
1: <laughs> Where are we at with our questions here? Tim? We're at
2: CR Lewis. How many players enter the transfer portal this year? Let's set the over underline at 10 and a half.
1: You are the king of these kind of things, Tim O'Malley.
2: I will never say under 10 and a half again. Over. <laughs> uh...
1: Yeah, I don't know that I could pick them all out don't right
2: now. Don't, don't, You don't have to. It's well, going I, over.
1: <laughs> I think, well, how many did they have last year?
2: I don't know. I, what did I put it over? Oh, there was 17, and they got there last time? That was pretty obvious, though. We knew about 13 all yeah, you
1: know, the time. Yeah, I mean, that was going to happen. you know, this may be more – well, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's so, we're, you know, you're still getting a. a one,
2: all right. I'm going to do, you keep talking, and I'll, I'll just count numbers.
1: Well, Go ahead. <laughs> one, like, we're still getting accustomed to the rhythm of the transfer portal, you know, and now Notre Dame is making a greater investment in it this past year than they had previously. Do they up that a little bit further? I, I think that Marcus Freeman is going to want to try, right? ten I don't, half. Have,
2: to, I don't have to keep counting.
1: Yeah, 10. And a half. I just looked down. Oh, I don't even man. keep
2: counting. This is the easiest thing in the world. Over. <laughs> Hammered.
1: Well, so okay, so you need to reset the line then.
2: Uh, well, let me wait a couple weeks. I like All over. Right. I was asked. I want the I want the easy money. I'm not, I don't need to parlay anything. I'm just
1: right. putting C.R. the house C.R. on this one. Sierra Lewis is gonna owe you on that one. All right, we're gonna jump ahead to John Hernandez 001. Does Marcus Freeman part ways with Jared Parker now and let Gino Godulli call plays the last two or three games? potentially getting a jump on national interest in the offensive coordinator position, or does he stay with Parker through the bowl game?
2: I believe he will stay with Parker through the bowl game, but I think there will be even more collaboration than there has been. How do you feel over the last couple of weeks?
1: I, I think that there's more involvement of Gino Godouli. And I think it becomes, a. I think it becomes a little bit more apparent.
2: Because we think, we think it's already happened, don't we? I,
1: I, yes. Well, yeah. I mean, there was some indication of that with the first.
2: After Louisville. There the was first yeah. 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 Uh, After the first bad <laughs> That's yeah. all You got to say,
1: <laughs> I, you just can't, I, I keep using this expression, but I mean, Marcus Freeman can't tie his head coaching career to, to a guy that is look every de- every good defense they play, they struggle like crazy.
2: We think there's already been collaboration though. That's why I want people to.
1: Uh right. Now play calling.
2: I I don't know. I maybe I don't know how you collaborate on play calling though. It's more of a it's no, gotta no, be I'm like
1: not, I'm yeah. not saying collaborating on that. I'm, I'm saying a shift. I you know, I don't know. Look, the game was just 48 hours ago. No, I don't I don't, I don't, I don't think Jared, Jared
2: Parker know. I think Jared Parker will call plays for the end of the season.
1: Uh I would imagine that that is the case, but I've got to believe that Gino Goduli is going to have a greater role in the entire process. How that manifests itself, I don't know right now. Um, it's, I, I just don't know. It's, it's, it's Monday. We just got back. I don't know.
2: ND Dan 106, any chance Al Golden stays one more season, maybe as associate head coach? Call him anything you want if you have him to stay for one more season.
1: Yeah, you know, I would have, before this weekend, I would have said, I think he's going to be gone. And I'm going to say now, I think that there's a decent chance that he stays. Um, partly because I'm not sure that the op- ex- the exact opportunity that he is looking for will avail itself.
2: Well, he should be very smart about his exact opportunity because most yeah. coaches are not. Most coaches no. do not take the proper opportunity. I don't want to get on Clark Lee for that because he went to his alma mater. Yeah, um, that's totally but different. That's- At the time, I said this is a terrible decision. However, I one hundred percent support the fact that he wants to go coach his alma mater. That's absolutely cool. He's
1: two and eight. He's two and eight. No, no, he
2: had no chance of being better than two and eight. But it's he's like the weird exception because of what he tried wanted to do, and you can't begrudge that at all. There's a zero. You could be like, "That's a terrible idea," but I support you in doing it. (laughs) As opposed to many coaches where they leave, and you think,
1: "If he was in, if he was in the ACC." But yes, it's not. It's,
2: it's not the, there's a reason it's a bad job.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's it's a yeah, it's a bad job on a a couple fronts. But could Al Golden still be at Notre Dame? I I was, I was told by somebody whose opinion matters that yeah, he could be. He could be. Um, so I took that. I, the happiest I like, moment I like of this him.
2: podcast that anyone will feel. This is the best news you have delivered in a podcast. At least for sixty minutes, but maybe in a few weeks because that's
1: yeah. That's now we'll really see cool. again if an opportunity, oh, if the right opportunity opens up in the NFL, if a right, uh, the right opportunity opens up somewhere in the direction of his home, original home from New Jersey or thereabouts. I think he would jump at it. But he's pr- he's doing a pretty good, uh, pretty darn good job at Notre Dame. He'd be in line for a bump. Associate head coach makes complete sense. And the value of that title more than anything is, is an increase in pay. Right.
2: All right. Uh, Our last question could have been yeah, answered much differently last week had we yeah. guessed this question, but let's go ahead and ask it now. ND Quebec, how do you feel about the possibility of Notre Dame playing LSU in a bowl game and the ensuing consequences, win or lose?
1: I want, I absolutely want Notre Dame LSU in the Quest Bowl. And whatever happens, happens, man. It's an opportunity. SEC. Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly sucks, right? That's what everybody has told us. So you shouldn't have any fear of playing LSU with him as, as the head coach. Now I, I I want that matchup. It makes all of the month of December interesting. It makes our entire time at the bowl game and dealing with Brian Kelly and the possibilities interesting. But that's a tough matchup for Notre Dame.
2: We just put my. Physical their defense, their defense the podcast is somehow. look.
1: Their defense is awful. So if you have Hartman at quarterback, oh well. <laughs> well.
2: <laughs> We're talking about Wake Forest giving Notre Dame some trouble. I bet some athletes at LSU might do something too. <laughs> I don't know, Tim. That's. Did you watch those guys run around on that field I of did. Alabama? Okay. I did.
1: I did. <laughs> I I I understand the consequences and the possibilities, but as a competitor. I would like to. I want to see it.
2: I want to I, play Niagara.
1: Like, so you are looking at the negative that if they Yes, lose, I am. Is, I'm I am looking at the I, negative. I, no, I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> and I, I likely would pick LSU, but I still want the matchup. This is like, you want to play a, you want to play a lesser bowl and win, or do you want to play a, you know, Texas in the Cotton Bowl? I choose competition. I like to
2: play Texas. I like to play Texas.
1: I choose competition.
2: Yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> rescind my moderator duties for a month and a half that happens so uh, would, you you the message be, board. would you
1: rather they play Kansas
2: yeah they don't uh, have Brian Kelly
1: yeah. <laughs> <Just Yeah.
2: fine. laughs> I uh I would have I wasn't sure I was worried about the just it's just the consequence of losing what is a at best last week before the Notre Dame Clemson game was a pick thought process for everybody right Notre Dame LSU before the Clemson game was a 100% pick them. If you said you think LSU would win, Notre Dame would win before this last game was played. Everybody would say, yeah, that's a great, that's a good point. Well,
1: keep in mind, LSU will have a whole bunch of opt-outs too for the bowl. That
2: was about to say, I was going to say Notre Dame could actually have people opt in for this opportunity. Where there would be no reason for what? LSU players, where Notre Dame would have ended, no reason for players. Oh, to
1: care I hadn't LSU. thought of it that way. That's a good point.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. I think if you you want to talk, if you're a competitor, as long as your agent doesn't make you leave, you better damn want to play this game. Joe. Actually, Alt- this will be the first time people should judge Notre Dame players for opting out if they opt out of the Brian Kelly LSU game. I just put it on record right there.
1: <laughs> Joe, Joe Alt's agent would say, You don't can't-
2: care about your millions, man.
1: Joe, Joe, agents, Joe Alt says, I'm going to get a new agent then.
2: Yes. I, I, I support Joel getting a new agent no matter what, no matter what happens here. He there's a lot of consequences of playing LSU. We let's should, uh, let's uh, see Notre Dame win a game and then I'll uh, we
1: we should call on Tom the intern to put up a poll on on uh on our uh, <clears throat> Twitter account. Do, do you want remember how much
2: this would have changed in just the last four days?
1: I know, I know. Do you want Notre Dame to play LSU in a bowl game?
2: Can't make this face to make it go through the radio on the podcast that I'm trying to make right here on the screen.
1: Well, hey, on a positive note. mel Shrewsbury- Golden. <laughs> Mike, Al Golden. Yeah, that nothing's more positive than that. I, I I I was really happy to hear that. That was pregame. Uh that was pregame. Uh Michael Shrewsbury makes his official debut tonight. Nordame kicks off uh tips off, I should say, the season, the basketball season against Niagara.
2: Yeah. I uh, I think Nordame should play Niagara in a bowl game. This is much happy- better easy. <laughs>
1: Uh, At Purcell Pavilion Night, 7 o'clock. A couple of us will be there to check it out now that it counts. We're looking forward to that. But uh, anyway, we're going to wrap it up right there. We are are in limbo as to another podcast this week. Thursday is definitely out. Thursday and Friday are definitely out. We need to try to pull it off for Wednesday. But we kind of got a feeling that we're going to get the exact same set of questions that we got today. And I understand that. Uh, but we'd like to try to get Samson in here before we, a couple of us, uh, head in different directions.
2: Most famous Niagara basketball alum. I love this.
1: Uh, I, I'm I'm the old guy in the room, so I definitely know that it's Calvin Murphy. Oh,
2: there you go. Good job. Yes. I was going to say, you're going to kick yourself if you don't say well, this.
1: No, I, saw I don't Cal- know
2: for Western Carolina. I'm going to the Western Carolina game on Saturday. I have, uh, I'm going to have trouble naming Western Carolina's all-time leading scorer right now. Yeah,
1: I don't have that one. I don't have that one. I don't think they ever played Western Carolina. Probably not. Right. I can recall.
2: Wait a minute. Did that guy that replaced Harden, this is how much I watched the NBA. The guy that replaced Harden in Oklahoma city, 10 years ago, did he go to Western Carolina. Douglas Farmer could let us know that. I don't want to uh, go out there and this is bad radio, but I'm gonna look it up just in case.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to cut you off while you're looking it up. So (laughs) we're going to wrap up there. (laughs) We're going to wrap up there. We will let you know as soon as we know uh, about another podcast this week, if we don't have that, then uh, tune back in on Monday, November 13th, when we interview Marcus Freeman and start previewing Wake Forest. Until then. I think I
2: was right. I think I was right. Who was it? Kevin Martin. Nope, I was wrong. All right, keep going. Bad radio. See ya.
1: Until, <laughs> until then, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, this has been Irish Illustrated Insider.